We believe intentionality exists. We are two millennial moms who are the first to admit our imperfections. We are linking arms, opening the conversation about our struggles to find balance. What if there is more to simplicity than just minimalism or the number of items in your cabinet? What if the measuring stick goes beyond the surface of materialism? What if simplicity is found deep within intentionality? Narrowing your focus to what really matters. Pursuing the right things, fleeing the dangerous things. To delight in the finest of things. In a generation saturated with instant gratification, screens, and distracted relationships, simplicity beckons. So I don't know if you're like me, but I feel like with the changing of seasons, I always want to change something in my house. (laughs) And so like, sometimes it's like, like just fall decor or something little, but it never fails like spring into, no, probably winter into spring. And then summer into fall, yeah. I kind of just want to get rid of everything. Like for me, it's more than just spring cleaning. I think a lot of people feel the spring cleaning, but there's something about fall coming that's still, maybe I want to get like organized for the year or something, but I always want to like get rid of a ton of stuff. So we've been selling a ton of furniture and just, I don't know. You know how you hit those points in the year where things just kind of add up and you're like, why do I have all this stuff? Like, let's just get rid of it. So we've been getting rid of it. And tonight we sold some furniture and this couple showed up to our house and they like, they got out of their car and instantly they're just complete opposites of us, you know, like different race, different age demographic. They drove up with like a super fancy, fancy car. Like, Everything was totally opposite of us, but there was something about this couple that we just like clicked. (laughs) So it was like 20 minutes later and like Graham is showing them his bikes and how he knows how to ride. Justin and the guy are like swapping numbers and making plans to go biking later this week. It was like all of a sudden they were like our best friends and we just like fell in love with this couple. But as we were talking, the guys of course were talking cars and hiking and like biking but we started talking and she is a first grade teacher in Atlanta and Mm. this is her second week and she just wanted to like share how it was going and I have a degree in elementary education and I feel like first grade like emergent readers my emphasis was my emphasis was language arts and so I just love the younger ages, because that's when you kind of start to learn how to read and write. And so once she realized that, it was like an instant bond with her and I. But it was so interesting hearing her talk about how she was having to like virtually teach 18 first graders all at once. And like, she can't walk around the classroom to help with classroom management. And she has to mute people and like, just like things you never even think about with school. But she had this like, passion and excitement that like I wanted to be in her first grade class like she was so cool Mm -hmm. she was just like a rock star teacher and I feel like as we're thinking of these like changing seasons and changing school year and everyone's like so uncertain it was just so refreshing to see someone admit that like it's hard and it's new and it's different but yet she still had such like a positive attitude. It was so cool. I don't know. I just was really encouraged tonight when they left. It was like, man, I think they're going to be our friends. Like 
we have their numbers and I, I legitimately think we're going to hang out again and all thanks to Facebook Marketplace and getting rid of our stuff. It was so weird. So crazy. That is cool. And I feel like that's different because I think the teachers I've spoken to, it's been very negative and very like, like you almost question if they're going to want to continue teaching after this. Like if things continue on like they are now, you know? Yeah, you it was know. You don't. And I feel like as you think of this school year, because I agree, I feel like whoever I've talked with, they've always been one extreme, like teachers and parents alike. You're either like really positive and we're going to make the best of it. Or like you said, like super negative. But I feel like when we think about this year, like the tone of the teacher really sets the tone for the school year. And then jointly, the tone of the parent also really sets the tone of the school year. Like my attitude is reflected through how my son views this year. And it can be so easy to say, but like hard in the moment when it's like all of this unknown and constant changes. So where you're at, is there anyone doing face-to-face? So it's a little bit all over the board. And it's hard because my son is so young. I'm not quite in the school ages that I have a really solid pulse. But from just friends and family here, some are face-to-face or some are currently trying to transition. So they've started the school year virtually with the hope of transitioning face-to-face. And talking with this teacher tonight, she really thinks realistically that won't be till closer to January probably when it happens. The goal and hope for a lot of schools is for the year to end, you know, face-to-face and not just virtual. So I know for us, our family, since my son is just in preschool, he was supposed to have it, but then once all the virtual came out, his preschool canceled. Uh And then I know some preschool now are changing it back to where they're still going to meet in person. So it's really all over the board. Like I feel like school to school is different out here, but I would say the majority is virtual. And are they giving people the option for one or the other? So that's how it started. And then it just, I think a lot of schools kind of just became mandatory virtual where there was no option. Really? Okay. Cause here, um, here in Texas, they're giving people an option. And I would say, it's maybe 60, 40, like maybe 40% are opting for virtual and 60% are opting for in-person. So, and then there's this whole phase start thing, which I don't completely understand, but uh, so Canon is in first grade and they just phased him in this last Wednesday. So he had a couple weeks of virtual and then they phased him into, um, in, they're calling it face-to-face, which, um, it's interesting because they have to wear masks and the desks are social distanced. And I think she has, she has like A and B students so that they're going to be less in the room. So whichever group is not currently in the classroom is in the library doing virtual learning on the computer. So, oh wow, yeah, it's different. Like it's kind of a lot, but um, I'm thankful for the option for face-to-face. Yeah. How has his tone been since it started that way? Has he been excited or has he been worried? I would not say worried. I would say his adjustment has been purely um, 
just like what his adjustment would normally be. Just like adjusting to being away from us for so long. I think he had a, he had a moment yesterday where it kind of, that kind of caught up with him. Um, and then, but I would say he's super, he seems super positive. He's super social. He enjoys all of that. So, I mean, I'm really glad we have the option for face-to-face because I think like he's super social. He needs that outlet and uh, just for our life to keep functioning as it is now, we, we need that <laughs> because the virtual was, was getting tricky because it's not my full focus. If his schooling was my full focus, I would feel totally different about it. But it just seemed like I was more prioritizing getting it done than really mm. going through the process of him learning. And that just wasn't sitting well with me. Like it was making me feel very uncomfortable. And I was quickly anticipating him being able to go face to face because then I just felt like he's going to be getting the attention that he deserves and needs, you know. So it's interesting. And I, like I was saying, I just feel like there's a lot of negative views on it from, I just hear a lot of negativity and not a lot of um, understanding. And like the word that keeps coming up in my head is like, I feel like we all just need to be super flexible right now. Mm. Like we need to be flexible. We need to be up for what's best. Um, Because I mean, there's always the possibility that they could end up back hundred percent virtual. And while I don't, like the idea of that at the end of the day we would find a way to make it work and you know if something's not sitting right with me I think we would do what we could to adjust to make it feel more like he's getting the attention he needs so anyway it's kind of like you were saying it's just kind of a day-by-day thing like there's not I don't think we know what it's going to look like but I think just remaining flexible is like what I keep telling myself because like you said we set the tone and if we're negative, they're going to be negative. If we're fearful, they're going to be fearful. So, yeah, just I think it's a once again, like always, it's a balance. And there's so many families in the same or similar situation that you guys are in. You know, like I am just in awe at how these families with both working parents or single parents or I mean, there's so many different home life situations that virtual is almost impossible, you know, like it is a real challenge. And like you said, it just doesn't sit well with people, but it's hard. Cause like, you know, how you can't keep changing your whole life week to week based yeah. on that. So it really is just being as flexible as you can. And I, I do think there is kind of an overall air of understanding this year where a lot of people know, Mm. you know, like, oh, I'm in the same boat as you, or I totally understand, you know, if things might look a little bit different this week because your son now has to work at home instead of in the classroom. But it is, it's just hard. And I think it's hard not knowing like a end date or what the next month is going to hold or what will the holidays look like how these seniors now, what's their graduation going to look like? There's just so much unknown with the year that you just really, I mean, have to do your best to let go of the control and just day by day and trust that it's going to play out how it is going to play out. So Cannon's teacher was doing, she was doing Zoom meetings, which I'm guessing that's what most teachers are doing, even like for first grade. Yeah. But like there was four different Zoom meetings a day and she had kids in person or face-to-face 
that I think were either special needs or like um, essential workers kids. So that was part of the phase in thing. But anyway, so she was basically had like someone recording or holding the camera for her while she was like teaching her class. And like, she was trying to like juggle all this. And like, there was this one little girl that, oh my goodness, like her, she was not being monitored like by her parents or whatever, but she was not muting her, um, her end of it. So she would get like two sentences out, the teacher would, and then she would say, Oh no. She's teacher, teacher, and she'd ask a question. And you could just see like so patient, so patient. You could just see each time, like she was just like, Yes, yes. Okay, like I need you to just listen because there's more than, there's more people in this class than just you. We need to remember that. And then finally she was like, like it was just she was almost done almost to the end and, and you know this is like teacher teacher she goes yes and she goes when is coronavirus going to be over oh <laughs> sweet girl and you could just tell the teacher was like I only wish I knew <laughs> right it is amazing how much these kids pick up even at such a young age like they're so aware of just all the questions and the discussions they want to have with each other and my uh, my little nephew calls it coronavirus. Mm. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know if it could sound so cute. But yeah, like but it's more I feel like they're so much more flexible than we are. Like it's totally not normal to them, but I feel like it's more normal than it is for us. Like I feel like we're all still just talking about how like we just want normal back. We want normal. Like we want things to go back to the way they were. And I think the thing is, it's not ever going to go back to the way it was. Like everything is going to be a little different moving forward. And I think so many people are so uncomfortable with um, like this massive amount of change just kind of Mm. tossed on us. And I think I, I sit in the middle of that because I kind of, there's like a weird part of me that kind of likes change. Like I get excited and Mm. energized maybe by it. You're forced out of your comfort zone because you're inevitably going to stretch and grow. So even though there are obvious, very negative components that are making that happen, I think it's just, it's fascinating when people, myself included, are forced into something different because like I said, I think growth happens. And otherwise, I think things can get kind of stagnant and we get kind of just in a routine of doing things the same way. Yeah, I feel like with a change, your true colors show. And like this 2020 has been a chance for everyone to really see true colors. How can people accept change? How do people handle change? And what does that look like? Yeah. For these young students, it is interesting because we view their school year through the lens of, you know, 30 something parents, whereas they're viewing their school year. Like I think of your first grader, this is his first time ever in first grade. He has no idea what it's supposed to look like. So for him, in a way there is an advantage because for all he knows, this is what first grade looks like. You know, you do the back and forth. And so that is a blessing in disguise that especially these young, young kids 
they just don't know anything else. And so it'll be interesting to see as the years go on how kind of this generation of children handles change and they handle just adapting because in a way they were thrown into it at such a young age. And they adapt so well. So fast. Especially if they're given like a positive view on it. Like if we tell them masks are stupid, they're going to think they're stupid, you know? Right. Like if we say we don't want to wear it, they're not going to want to wear it. Yeah. It goes back to that tone. Like whatever the tone of your household is, I think really is shown through the tone of your child. It's a really good call out too, because I don't know, just, I feel like the bigger struggle for us has just been adjusting back into like a routine. Mm. Um, especially with my four-year-old, like, I feel like she hasn't been going to bed early enough. Mm. Um, she's not really napping at school the way she, she's used to having done in the past. So it's, it's been a really hard transition for her. Mm. And I don't think COVID has anything to do with that. I think she would be doing this anyway, but just in frustration with her, I've had to sort of take a step back and be like, but am I handling myself? absolutely above reproach and obviously the answer is no because I'm I mean she's setting the tone but then I'm I'm feeding into it like I'm I'm throwing the ball back if that makes sense it's called me out and kind of like well I mean I can't control her behavior but I can control mine so why don't we start there (laughs) you know right When we think of the idea of simplicity and specifically with the school year and just being intentional and like you said, intentionally guarding how we are responding and how we are demonstrating and holding ourselves in front of our kids, do you feel like have you had a chance to really think through ways that you're trying to simplify this school year or things that you might try to work on to help ease the school year and all of the transitions? I think I just keep coming back to like prioritizing intentional time, prioritizing intentionally the time that we do have together. And like you said, just setting that tone of flexibility and setting that tone of positivity, because I think that bleeds into everything else from there. Um, And then just like really basic things like, I'm going to be okay packing Lunchables. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I used to do pasta salads and all this fancy stuff. And it, it just, it becomes a burden that's unnecessary when really what they're going to eat is, is the Lunchable. And then I can prioritize healthier eating for like the meals that we have together. It's interesting because I think I have to pick my battles and it's like, mm-hmm. it's really my battle. It's like, what am I putting myself through that's unnecessary? What do I need to edit down and simplify in order to just make everything just flow easier? And as I've had more kids, I've been forced to simplify and the process has just become inevitably simpler, which right. I think back on like when my kids were the very first year that I had them in, in pre-K and just the ordeal I would put myself through just kind of idealizing things. Like, okay, if we don't get clothes laid out, big deal. We'll just go find clothes and put them on. You know, like, right. I think there's these ideals we have in our head of things that are going to make things easier. When I think 
in reality, we have to take a step back and just look at it like, okay, what is really helping and what is really just adding to like the mounting to-do list that is always mounting anyway? Like in what ways am I defeating myself from the start? What about you guys? Yeah, well, we are in a unique situation as well because we are transitioning from me working to now being able to stay at home. And so just that transition in itself feels really different. Like it's to the flip side of what you're saying, I fall for the lie or the trap that maybe I'm not doing enough now because I am at home. You know, I think when you're working, you get so used to this go, go, go pace. You have to have certain things set in place and, you know, kind of lower some of those expectations because that's just like survival some days. And now that I'm home, it's easy for me to feel guilty of like, oh my goodness, I should be doing X, Y, Z. You know, like there's so many more things I could be doing and just recognizing that this season God has me here at home Mm -hmm. and being intentional with this season because it easily cannot be this way forever. You know, like it could be maybe this year I'm home and next year I'm not. We just don't know. And so I think trying to intentionally be in the moment is challenging because it's easy for me just to be in my head in the whole long list of expectations like you were saying. And I think a lot of moms, if not most moms, struggle with that at some point in time, whether it's, like you said, trying to lower standards of the process or the organization of what has to get done, laying this clothes out and getting the lunches packed. Or on the flip side, we place all these expectations on ourselves of, okay, well, if I'm home, I have to have like a perfectly clean house and I have to do Mm. X, Y, Z and volunteer here and be a part of this organization and this and this and this. And it's just all weight that we place on ourselves often for no reason other than just our own sin of trying to look better and have these idols placed in our lives. And so just kind of removing that wall of, no, I can be intentional. And, you know, God has put me in this season and come January when we have our second baby, it's going to be really busy again. You know, I'm not going right. to get this time with my son. So I'm looking at it through that lens of trying to just simplify my own mindset. I think a very practical way since we are doing kind of like a modified preschool, just at home, you know, like a modified homeschool. I'm more just trying to have activities for him to do just to keep learning things. Um, it's just using like basic items around the house as manipulatives or learning through play or just trying to embrace the moment or whatever he's interested at the moment and just saying, okay, well, tonight we're going to watch a YouTube video on butterflies and caterpillars and learn all about it because that's what you're really into tonight because you found a caterpillar. So just trying to find those everyday moments to kind of help teach through play. Yeah. And like you said, just really embracing the season. Because like even when we first were working on this podcast back in April, you know, you didn't, you had no way of anticipating that this is what you would be doing. Like come September. Total opposite of what I thought was going to be happening. Right. And like, I think it's just, it's about stepping back or really it's about stepping into the season that's in front of you and like saying, God, I know you have me here and you have me here for a reason. And then just being grateful for whatever that season Mm. looks like, because it's obviously what it's supposed to be. 
Right. And it's like, are, are we going to buy in or are we going to continue to, to question and sort of wrestle with it? Cause I think no matter what position you're in, it's easy, like you said, to fall into that. Like, and comparison is never helpful. Like there's just, there's no place for it. Like God does not, God never wants us to compare because no situation is the same. And I think just setting in place healthy boundaries for like, okay, what is it that triggers me to feel like I'm Mm. not doing enough or, you know, if it's social media or if it's, I don't know what that looks like, but oftentimes if we really kind of buckle down and look at it, I think we can identify what it is that's triggering those insecure feelings because it's so easy to fall into that. And I just don't think that that's a good use of our time or energy. There's better things. Totally. Do you have anything right now that you're loving? So now that I'm in this, I don't know. I don't know if you call it season or weird phase where I'm trying to just reorganize and kind of reprioritize the stuff in our house and the rooms. We've been in our house just over a year and I still feel like there's certain rooms that just don't quite sit right you know like it just doesn't quite feel right yet and so we've been working on our basement a lot and it has kind of turned into this playroom entertainment room and then we have an area where I'll be doing some of our homeschooling stuff and I stumbled on an account honestly a couple months ago and it's one of those accounts that you just like follow 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 on Instagram and you know you have a they have a store but it just looks so perfect and beautiful. You're like, oh, this must be like crazy expensive. Like there's no way I can afford this. This is just like something I get ideas from. And so finally I was like, you know what? I'm just going to check out their website and their stuff is so stinking affordable and the cutest. So it's called the Freckled Hen Farmhouse. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure they are in Arkansas and they're one of the like local small town businesses that COVID kind of forced them to join the world of shipping and start sending things outside Mm. of just their little storefront. And so I think they're still pretty new that they're shipping to other locations and it's not just curbside or just going to the store itself, but their stuff is super cute and you can get it shipped straight to your house. So last week I ordered three kind of old vintage posters like one is like insects one's like different I think caterpillars and butterflies that's you can tell that's like a theme we're really into caterpillars and butterflies right now (laughs) and then one is like bees and pollen and it just shows the um like all the different types and it's very like vintagey and historical feel and they were six dollars each so I It's just so excited because I've been looking at, you know, similar things for like 40 and 50 bucks. And it was, I don't know, they've been really fun. It's like a fun account. And now it's like hard not to buy all of their stuff. But it's just fun because you can support small business and still have it shipped to your house. And it's just really cute and affordable. How about you? What are you loving? Um, So... I feel like I've had a hard time prioritizing rest right now because I feel like when Mm. I get home, I'm kind of just, I've just, I've got a lot to do and some of it's probably unnecessary like we just spoke about. But um, 
last night I was just really sensing that scout was just needing me to like stop and just kind of cuddle her and just kind of mm-hmm. be present with her. So I decided I was going to go and by golly, I was going to watch a movie or watch some TV and just kind of relax. And uh, I turned a movie on Netflix. Um, I had no idea what it was about, but it was, um, but it was rated PG 13. So I was like, well, it can't be, it right. can't be anything horrifying. Um, but it's called, <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm brain farting. The lost husband. Yes. I watched that this week too. That was like okay. a total shocker. Good one. I, really I good. thought I had an idea of what it was going to be, but it got me confession. I didn't finish it and I did go to sleep, but that was just because I was exhausted, but I was watching it and it was surprising me how it just seemed kind of different. And the way that the dialogue was written seemed like oddly realistic. Like, I don't know if that's a good description, but so it takes place in the, in the Texas Hill country. And Mm. my husband has family from there. So I think one of the reasons I didn't finish it was because um, I really want Chase to watch it with me. And like, you know, something's good. If the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just thinking, I want Chase to watch this with me, you know, like, (laughs) so anyway, I haven't finished it yet. Um, But it was really, it seemed like a really cute movie. And it caught me off guard because the title of it, I know I had like seen it pop up Mm -hmm. a couple of times and I was like, nah, that's not something like, like you said it, I just didn't think it was going where it actually went. And yeah, that was a really nice surprise for me too. That's a cute, so fun. It's fun when you stumble on those things, especially when you don't like have a ton of time to watch TV to begin with. Right. (laughs) I feel like so often I get really frustrated and probably honestly, what turns me off to TV is because the few times I have time to watch it, it's just something that I'm like, that wasn't that good. Like that just felt like a waste of time. Why did I even watch that? So when you stumble on something, you're like, oh no, this might be worth it. Like I can rest and enjoy it. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have. Yep. That's all I have too. I know you probably have to get going because you still have busy school day tomorrow too. One more day. Yep. Then the weekend. That's right. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.